0: So since we have all the kids in here, I put out there a little uh, teaser to some Facebook world, social media, and I said that today I would prove that there are Legos in the Bible. Before you get up and walk out and think that I am blaspheming or something, hold tight, I promise. The Lego Bible, of course. No, that is not actually, we're actually gonna go into more depth, but this Bible is awesome. My kids have it, and it's very entertaining. I am going to give it away. Mr. Chris, would you help find a volunteer? That person, and well, it could could be an adult, but it's probably more fun if it's a kid. Um, You need to know what we believe. F, T, and O. You need to be able to tell the whole church what FTO stands for, and I will give you this brand new, lovely edition of the New Testament Lego Bible. All right, Chris, can you find? I need one kid. You got to be brave enough to come on stage. I will stand here the whole time. I will not hang you out to dry, maybe a little bit. Robbie! Oh, Robbie, right Robbie, okay. Robbie. Robbie, I didn't recognize you. We were hair twins for a long time, but now I'm not, I'm not going that route. Um, okay, All right, I'm gonna lean down so the microphone can get what FTO stands for. All right, tell everybody, what does F, what does that stand for?
1: Focused.
0: On who? God. That's right. T? Tight. With? God. Yes, and each other. And O? Out there. Out there in the community. Everyone give it up for Mr. Robert (laughs) Silverthorne. I, I absolutely love the fact that our kids know already at an early age what we are about as a church, being focused on Jesus, tight with each other, and out there in the community. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I am Tammy Holm, and I'm the children's director here. Ooh, there I have a ch- Yay! I always tell people, if you want to be famous, you should just serve with kids, because wherever you go, it's like, hey! and You get to show up, and people like love seeing you. Well, maybe they don't always love seeing you, but... Um, so today we are going to dig in to God's word and find Legos. I know that's a little, a little different for your Sunday morning, but I really, as I prayed about the word legacy, I really felt God gave me a picture of legacy as a tiny little Lego and something that's attainable and doable and something that we can live out here and now, that we don't have to wait and hope that something will happen after we pass, that something from our life will live on, but we can actually be a part of legacy, living it out every day. So I would just love to pray for us before we start, and then we'll jump into the word. (sighs) Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to share your heart on legacy. Thank you so much for creating us in your image and to desire to follow you and that our lives would mean something and actually be able to benefit people that we haven't even met yet, the next generation. God, I wanna pray a blessing over every single child and family that's in this room, God, and I thank you that you are gonna open their eyes to a new way to look at legacy today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And all the kids said? Oh, that's not how we roll in Adventure Canyon. You're not gonna get away with that. Just because we're in the midst of all these grown-up mature people, we're gonna have a little fun. And all of the kids said, Oh my gosh. All right, I know you guys can do better than I everybody said. Amen. That's more like it. All right, I have a story to tell you from my childhood. But first of all, I need all the kids to raise your right hand and you can repeat after me and say, I promise, I promise, to never do what Miss Tammy is saying right now in this story. And if I do it, I promise not to get caught. Okay? All the parents, raise your right hand and say, I do promise not to sue Tammy Holm if my kids try this story. Okay? Just, I am covered. Woo! I was going to have you sign a waiver, but that, that we'll just call that a contract. All right. So when I grew up, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. Give it up for Minnesota. That's right. Uh, cor- Cornfields, like literally there was a thousand people in the town where I grew up. So I'm just trying to make you feel better about this ridiculous story that somehow we didn't have a lot to do when I grew up. So we made up our own fun and it was with Legos. So, my parents would have small group at our house, and it was a big deal because we didn't see a lot of people because we lived in such a rural place. So we got super excited, and this one family was coming over, and they had six kids, which was like a really big deal. And they all were boys, and we all were girls. And we we're like, we need to think of a game that we can play in the basement because everybody knows when you have a group of adults that want to talk, they banish the kids to the basement. So they banished us to the basement. And we're like, oh, no, we are going to make this awesome. So my sisters and I, like, I even had a text to make sure I remembered this right, and it was right. So we decided to gather every Lego we owned, we didn't own that many, so we included sharp objects like metal combines, John Deere tractors, Hot Wheels, anything sharp. And we thought, okay, so our basement was huge, probably like this stage, and we are like, we are going to call it Lego Battlefield and we're gonna take all these Legos and we're gonna throw them all over the basement floor. And we're gonna make a thing that when these boys come down to the basement, we're gonna say that you have to run from one end of the basement across the battlefield without going down and get to the other side. We'll just play until there's like one person standing. So we like covered the whole basement with sharp objects and we're like, yeah. So we hear these boys coming down the stairs and like, I think that we didn't understand the edge of safety. Like we just wanted to be cool in the eyes of boys and we like had Barbies. So we were like sharp objects, boys think that's cool. So we threw it down and they came down around the corner, this whole big, you know, gathering of five, six boys. And they're like, looked at it. Like, what is this? We were like, this is Lego battlefield. And you're gonna have to try to run from one end to the other without going down. It doesn't matter if you run over a Lego, you can't stop. And if you stop, you're out. And they were like, game on. (laughs) And so we played this game and I still have this picture and like we reconnected later in life and I was like, hey, do you remember that game we used to play? He's like, yeah, you guys were crazy. And I was like, sorry about that. Um, So we had this game and we used to run. And I'm telling you today, as we talk about Legos, If you think a Lego is something tiny, doesn't carry much power, you obviously have never played Lego Battlefield and run across one full board. Of course you couldn't wear your shoes. It was barefoot. So everyone took off their shoes. When you meet a Lego and all, yes, I see a lot of heads like, yeah, you meet a Lego, it'll take a big man down. Like, with noises you have never heard uttered, ever. Like, and they're down and they're like, pick up this tiny Lego and you're like, whatever. But I am here to say that as we look at Lego, a little tiny piece, and we talk about legacy, I want you in your mind as we talk to interchange them and understand that what the world has thought about legacy, that it's something, as I looked up Webster's dictionary, what does he say? about legacy. I was a little depressed. It was money, accomplishment, and property being passed on to the next generation. And I thought, that's really sad for me because I maybe don't have a lot of those things, which probably some of us think, geez, how in the world can I pass on something? And I felt like God gave me the picture of this little Lego and he wants to redeem how we've thought about legacy. That it's not something we do and happens after we die, but something we actually live out on mission intentionally. So I rewrote a definition like loosely for the sermon. Like I didn't add it to Wikipedia or anything, but, um, but maybe I should. Uh, legacy, if we picture this, legacy as small pieces of one's life So small pieces of one's life given intentionally to further the next generation. Something that's totally doable, totally attainable, and something you actually can grab onto, tangible. And I feel like that paints a picture for us so much better than just to think, well, I have to get all this money, I have to work to accomplish something because if the world can get us to believe that, we miss out on God's picture of legacy. And so we're going to dig into a little bit further kind of God's picture of what legacy is. Now, kids, I have a big word that I'm going to say, so I'm going to make sure that you understand what we're talking about. It's kind of big, and I'm going to break it down a little bit, so don't be scared. But I know you're not scared. You're used to me. Uh, generational transfer. Generational transfer. So generations, okay, so you all know, grandparents, parents, kids, grandkids, right? Shake yes, Cash knows. All right, so there is generations and transfer. So something that goes from one to the next, to the next, to the next, it's like passing hands, okay? And the Bible talks about how generational transfer happens in all different ways, that we're gonna find these Lego pieces in the Bible that say, that legacy is something small and tangible that intentionally is given from one to another because God's heart is that what he starts wouldn't just die out and stop, but actually would grow. All right, so I found this picture. You can go ahead and put up this picture. We actually, did anyone else see this in Park City? Like, yes, in 09, it was awesome. Um, Nathan uh, Sawaya, I think that's how you say his name. He's a Lego artist and he did this uh, Art of Art of Brick, I think it was called, installation. And this was my favorite. And as I thought about today, this came back to mind. And as you look at that, it's made up of a child's toy, right? Legos. But I love the quote that he put with this because it was like, oh, that's, that's brilliant. It says, there is no idea that cannot be expressed with Lego. As an artist, Lego was a great medium to create anything I could imagine. I still use the rectangle plastic bricks I once played with as a child, but now I try to use them in a way that has never been seen before. And as I looked at that picture, I thought, isn't this just like our lives? What might be viewed what other people's opinions, what the world says of our lives, is something totally different than what God says. Each and every one of those bricks the creator had a purpose for. As he was sitting there creating this, he wasn't doing this to play, he was doing this to tell a story. And as I looked at that, I thought how many people, everyone I talk to about legacy says like, yeah, I wanna leave my mark. I want something for my life to go further than just me. I want it to extend. And I picture our lives looking a lot like that Lego man. And what happens when we say yes, that all the stuff that God has created us, a masterpiece, that's one of my favorite verses, that we are his masterpiece. There's all this stuff that needs to get out. We just have to say yes. And we're gonna dig in right now. I'm gonna fulfill my promise to show you where Legos are in the Bible. and turn to Psalms 78, 1 through 8. Chris, we need three people, all right? Can you get me three volunteers? And while he's doing that, I'm gonna tell you a little bit. You have to just be willing to stand and be on stage. I will not make you sing or dance, but if you don't smile, maybe I will. Um, I'm kidding. So this scripture is written by Asaph, and I did a little bit of digging to see who is. Oh, right, again, come on up. You can stand right here, okay? Stand right there. Awesome. All right, so stand in the line. You can stand right here. We need one more in the middle. Mikey, come on. No. All right, Mike, you get to stand in the middle. All right, so Asaph, here is the writer of this psalm. And I want you guys to understand that his job was to lead people in praises. And here, he is writing for the good of the community. So it's called a communal psalm so here he's writing about the importance of generational transfer it's such a big word but that's what we came up with all right so here I have some Legos and as I read this psalm I want you to pass on to Mike one by one that's the only like rule just pass one by one Mike you're going to need your hands in a cup and you're going to need your hands in a cup so I'm going to pass these on all right now I'm going to run down here Miss Reagan you get to hold this cup okay you are gonna wait until that cup is full. All right, so you understand now that Asaph had a job to tell the people why telling things from one generation to another was important, okay? Mike looks scared, like what is Tammy gonna make me do? I promise I won't make you sing or dance. All right, so Psalm 78, one through eight. And you can start passing until I say pause. Okay, Mike, don't pass further, okay? Just keep collecting. One at a time, you can go now. It says, my people, listen to my teaching, listen to what I say. I tell you a story, and I will tell you about the things from the past that are hard to understand. Pause. Let's pause there. So here he is, his job was to tell the people why it's important. So he says, first off, tell a story. Tell the story of what has passed. And I love the fact that right off the bat, he tells them this. I will tell you about things from the past that are hard to understand. So we can just all free ourselves of the beautiful story that unless you have a great story with the beautiful happy ending, that that's all that gets passed on. All right? You got it? All right, continue. All right, verse 3. We have heard the story, and we know it well. Our fathers told it to us that we will not forget Our people will be telling the story to the last generation, and we will all praise the Lord and tell them the amazing things, you can keep going, Um, that he did. All right, there's lots of Legos in there. All right, speed passing. Now we're going to go speed passing. There you go, bam, bam, bam. That's how we roll. All right, verse 5. He made an agreement with Jacob, he gave the law to Israel, and he gave the commandments to our ancestors, and he told them to teach the law to their children. So that was, teach your children how to follow God. That is what teach the law to your children meant. All right, look at that. I gave you, maybe I should give less Legos next time. All right, I talk fast. I miss Reagan. All right. So, Mike, you are going to start passing Legos here into the cup, All right. And it says this in verse six, then the next generation, even the children who are not yet born would learn the law, that they would be able to teach their own children so that they would trust in God and never forget what he had done and always obey his commandments. So as we look at how one generation to another to another, that as they told the story with the purpose to not forget, and Mike was putting over all of these Legos into Reagan's cup, it was to fill her cup. Because what would have happened if Mike would have decided, I'm going to pocket, I'm going to pocket, I'm not going to do what I was told to do. I was told to pass on these Legos and fill the cup. Because there's things that Regan needs to do that she needs a full cup. And as we transfer one to another, it doesn't have to be these beautiful stories. All it is is us saying yes to passing on. Good job, guys. I won't make you stand up. Stand up. I know. it's Very good. All right. Can I have back my cup of Legos for next service? Thank you. Give them a big hand. All right. So there you go. One tick one for Legos like in the Bible. Next scripture we're gonna look at is Deuteronomy 4, 10 through 13. You can head there in your Bibles or on your app. And here we are looking into Moses and the conversation he was having with God. And I know that as soon as we say Moses, everyone like, oh, they put him up on a pedestal, right? Like Moses, Moses is man, like. He passed on legacy well. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here thousands of years later digging into, wow, this Moses was amazing. Like, we're still gleaning from that. And here's Deuteronomy 4, 10 through 13. It says, make certain that you do not forget as long as you live what you have seen with your own eyes. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the day you stood in the presence of the Lord, your God, at Mount Sinai. And then he said to me, assemble the people I want them to hear what I have to say so that they will learn to obey me as long as they live and that they will teach your children to do the same. Tell your children how you went and stood at the foot of the mountain that was covered in thick smoke, dark smoke, and a fire blazing up to the sky. And the Lord spoke to them through the fire. They heard him speaking, but they did not see him in any form. and he told them you must do to keep the command what they must do to keep the covenant he had made with them you must obey the 10 commandments that he wrote on two stone tablets now as we think about all these amazing things that's that's what we hear wow moses burning bush there's smoke and he's hearing god but he doesn't see god he has all this faith so right we naturally are like moses he rises and we think that's moses i am not moses how does that help me pass on legacy? And one thing I probably think my favorite thing to think about with Moses' life is this is that in Exodus 4, chapter 10, we get an incredible insight into the leader Moses and what some might call his disability to pass Legos on. Here we read in Exodus 4:10. It says, "Then Moses said to the Lord, pause. What we're going to look at everybody is the fact that Moses had a speech impediment of some sort. It's kind of funny that God's like, "Hey, your job's going to be to talk to people." Like it's like telling like I don't know, someone that's like, "Your profession is going to be being a ballerina" and you're like, my feet don't fit in those shoes. Like, he is telling him something that in the natural, everyone looked upon him and saw one thing, but God saw a whole nother thing. Here it is. Then Moses said to the Lord, but Lord, I am telling you, I am not a good speaker. I have never been able to speak well. And it goes on to say, I get tongue-tied easily. And as I read that, I thought, wow, here is Moses in a spot where he's like, God, really, I'm saying yes to you, but that profession, that thing, I, and the thing that, can you just for a minute imagine that he is praying, probably stuttering through every word of that. He is probably getting tongue-tied, even telling God, Hey, God, don't you know I'm tongue-tied? And he's probably like, I can hear it. But he doesn't reply to that disability. He speaks back to him and addresses the ability in Moses. So you go to Exodus 2 verses later, four twelve. I love this. God addresses him and says, So go, I will be with you when you speak, and I will give you the words to say. So here he is saying, Inside of you, Moses, I have filled with things that need to get out. In his saying yes, God brings his ability upon Moses, inability to say, just go, just, just go. Take that Lego, pass it on, go. What's gonna happen? But God, and how, how many times have we gone to God like, but I'll do that, but I don't know what the end result is gonna be. But what's the purpose? Why am I doing this? You're like, that's worthless like arguing like you have all insight into your life, like you know the beginning from the end when really only he does. So here he's saying, just go. I will teach you what to say, and I will help you speak. I love that the fact that Moses, in his disability, his inability, his weakness, God is calling out to him, Dare to say yes. Live out legacy now. Don't, don't wait until you can be over. I would say this. Don't wait until you die to hope that something from your life would be cast out into you know time or place and just go out. I feel like so many of us have kind of two extremes. I'm sure there's tons of extremes. But there's the legacy wow that's super daunting i don't even know what to do with that there's a group over here that is like holding on to their lego structure and they're like ah not done it's going to be perfect i'm working on it no don't touch it's like when i build legos with my kids and i'm like ah no and they're like "Mama. mom." I'm going to page 10. And I'm like, no, we're not. Don't touch it. I'm working on it. You know, like this, all of a sudden that controlling thing of like mine. So no one gets to have it because I fear, I don't know what's going to happen if I take my arms out. And then you have the other extreme over here where you might resonate with feeling like your life is like if someone takes a heap of Legos and just dumps it out on the floor. And it just looks like, a pile a mess and you think no good can come from that you feel like that's worthless I don't even know where to start and God wants to take those two pictures and say freedom is seeing the value just like we read the things that are hard about where your story is in following God, or maybe you haven't even said yes to that. There are pieces inside of you. Remember that picture of the guy ripping open his chest? There are pieces inside of you that have to get out because like we saw as we passed down the Legos one to another, someone else's cup is waiting to be filled up by the obedience that comes way before The saying, yes, even though I don't know your plan, trusting that God is sovereign, I'm going to pass it on, whether it's something super tangible of seeing someone in need and acting or speaking a word of encouragement or teaching someone how to tie their shoes or if it's saying, hey, I believe in you. Go get him, tiger. Like, all of those things, you don't even understand the power But just like we talked about before, never underestimate the power of that Lego. Just like in Lego Battlefield, right? When you meet a Lego full on, there is no question in your mind that that little tiny Lego carried so much power. And your job isn't to know the beginning from the end and how as you are giving out to someone else, The job isn't yours on that end. God says be free from thinking there's no good that can come out of my life and no one is gonna touch what I am working on. But God's saying dare to open yourself to say yes. Because when we say yes, we do what we can do. And we don't do what God can do. Matt, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing thought. Do what you can do, don't do what God does. God does what he does it's amazing like I I'm don't know how many times this has happened that I'm like oh my gosh god you did it you showed up and I'm like I'm so dense in my head that every time I'm like worried about if he's gonna do what only he can do when I do what only I can do but just like Moses God comes and meets us in our inability and now if you remember back to Deuteronomy as we're looking at Wow Moses right burning bush You know, he comes down from the mountain, he's speaking to the people. He started on his knees, stuttering before God. What in the world? What you've put inside of me, really? This is what I'm passing on? And God just said, go. I will teach you how to speak. I will teach you to do whatever that prompting is that is inside of you. Those Legos. If you imagine legacy in the parts of your life, and the parts of your story that need to be passed passed on to someone else, passed on to the next generation, and it's not something that is pinnacle of success and you have to have it all together, it's these small pieces of your life intentionally given away to further the next generation. that is scary sometimes because sometimes you want to have it all together. You don't want someone to see your life. And what if, what if, what do they think of me? What are they gonna do? What go, I will teach you what to say and give you the words to speak, is God's answer into that. And we're gonna to continue to digging into what legacy really is in First Peter. So go to First Peter 2, verse 5. All right, I love this scripture. And 1 Peter 2.5 says, you are like living Legos. No, it doesn't say Legos. There was like someone in the front that was like, mm. get her off the stage. Um, <laughs> you are also like, it doesn't say Legos. If you don't have a Bible, you're like, what? It doesn't say Legos, it says stones. But stones could be rectangle and brick-like in shape with three circles on the top. Uh, you are also like living stones. And God is using you to build a spiritual house. And you are to serve God in this house as holy priests, offering to him spiritual sacrifices that he will accept because of who? That's right, right in the front. You are listening, girl. Because of Jesus Christ. So let's take off the heavy weight of thinking that somehow we have something to do that is so heavy that we can't even engage it. Legacy is tangible, doable, and you are able to do it when you are in Christ. Because here, you see, we are living stones, and as we build, as we give, we now get to come before God. In the Old Testament, it was only the priests. They were the ones that got to go before God, hoping they had it all together so that someone didn't have to pull him out dead because he wasn't totally good. Here, he's saying Jesus Christ went and made the way, so now you get to come right face-to-face with God. And as you do what only you can do in passing on legacy, these small pieces of your life, Intentionally giving them, knowing that God is gonna do what only God can do, and that what he has started in your life, in the things he is working on you, you may not understand the effect of it, but just like Psalm said, from one generation to another to another, it even extends into the people and the generations that aren't even born yet. Like, that is so mind-blowing to think that what God is doing today, right now, here, He doesn't want to stop. He wants that to affect generations that haven't even been born today in this valley. Wow, imagine that you have this small piece of what is happening, that God is working through your life, not because you have it together, but because you offer that yes, that Lego brick, that saying yes to God, with the mindset that he will do what only he can do because of Jesus Christ going before you, that that is something that we can live out every single day. And it's not extraordinary, like people say, oh, but that was Moses, but he's up here. Legacy is tangible, doable, and in small pieces. As we say yes, to giving out what is inside of us, how God has created us. God does what only he can do. That would be my prayer today, that as you are sitting here thinking, okay, God, what is my role in legacy? Maybe you think I don't have any children, so pass, <laughs> you don't get pass. Um, That God is saying, each and every person, you are my masterpiece. I have created you for a purpose. And even if you are in a place where you have no children, maybe you haven't even said yes to being a follower of Christ. That God is waiting for the yes to say yes. I care about what you are doing enough to say yes to telling my story. Saying yes to you being Lord over my life. Because the power of saying yes to be engaged in legacy touches people that even have not entered this world yet. It's not for a select few. It is for everybody who is ordinary and lives on this earth because there are portions of that ordinary that turn into something extraordinary down the road that we can't see. And that's where that stretch of faith in saying yes, I'm gonna say, God, I'm gonna dare to open myself up and be vulnerable and let what you have created inside of me spill out of the gut, like that picture. I love it. As we close today, um, we are gonna share with you a video and I'm so glad that Keith and Carla Are here. This is a story of uh, Keith Tall and John Tall, who serve in Adventure Canyon every week. And they have impacted countless lives every single week by getting on their knees and saying, God, here I am. I'm saying yes. And what God has done through that exchange of passing those Legos to kids at doors. I'm telling you, I have learned more by watching them interact with people and kids. It has been phenomenal, the way they have lived out legacy in a way that's impacting generations and generations to come. So I'm happy to let you guys in on what we get to experience every week in Adventure Canyon with a video on John and Keith Tall. you
1: started Church. Now we have two boys. Yeah.
2: It's an easy place to feel
1: comfortable and feel at
2: home. We attended K2 on the invitation from my son and daughter-in-law. They said, "Well, there's this cool church that you need to check out. We'd love to have you come with us." We've been attending another church in the valley for a good two decades, and so we thought, "Well, we'll come and honor uh, that request." And uh, well, we never left. So. Here we are. I, I teach second grade
1: in Adventure Canyon. I actually moved up uh, with the kids that were in first grade last year, and I just I love them and I wanted to move up with them and see our faces.
2: We were here for a few months, and next thing I knew, we were uh, getting involved in the twos class because that's where our grandson was. So we became twos leaders, my wife and I. It was interesting coming to K2. We had. Uh, come out of kind of a, a, a dry time, spiritually. It was refreshing to see exuberance um, by not just the leaders, but by, you know, the, the, the people that we would encounter. We are led by servants, and um,
1: it's
2: pretty amazing. I've taught adults, I've taught college age, uh, junior high and senior high, but it seems like it just comes back to that preschool, elementary age group that God draws me back. I think over the last 34 years of working in children's ministry, I can't tell you how many kids that I've been able to impact with the gospel of Christ. We're called to take care of each other. And we're all given gifts,
1: and, you know, those; so otherwise they just go to waste. You know, you know, Jesus says uh, when we serve, uh, we get back a hundredfold what we give. I, I promise you I am more blessed than these kids are. The the organic stuff that happens uh, I think is, is the most memorable things where you know we get involved in a conversation and someone asks an amazing question, we just skip the lesson because you know it, it's just it's just being led by the Holy Spirit and, and having a phenomenal conversation with these little faces. Um, I want to hang down to my son and my, my daddy. I want my boys
2: to know that we're called to be servants. I know the word awesome maybe is overused a little bit, but it is an awesome thing to see your offspring be more spiritual, be more mature than you are, and to see that how God blesses from generation to generation and how an established legacy is not a stagnant thing, it's a growing thing. And, and that's one of my prayers
1: for them. Is, that, that's my primary prayer is get them a heart for you, Lord, and give them
2: a heart for uh, their fellow men. My grandsons, and my two granddaughters, I, I just can't wait to see how God is going awesome. to work through them. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal awesome. because of <clears throat> just
1: Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters, right? It's the Great Commission. It's <laughs> um, the greatest commandment: love God and love each other. there's, there's nothing more important than finding a saving relationship.
0: That that right there is legacy being passed on to the next generation. And the cool part of being a part of such a diverse church is that it is amazing to watch people who don't even have children themselves be a part of legacy and their impact in seeing the next generation and understanding God has given me something, and I'm going to pass it on. So thank you, Keith and and John, for sharing that, just their experience of touching the next generation. It definitely has impacted our family. My oldest um, boy, Eric, has been in both their classes, and it's been cool to watch that happen and not have it be me, the one always telling and always doing, but have people pouring in, passing on legacy, and filling my kids cup, it's been amazing. So band, I want you guys to come on up. As we close today, um, we are gonna take up our offerings so Connections, you can come forward. We are gonna think about the generations to come and the fact that we today get to be a small part in legacy, giving small pieces of our lives intentionally to further the next generation. That this valley one day would look completely different than it does today. And that we, in saying yes, would have a small part in that. Let's pray before we um, take up our offering. God, as we come before you today and give with a cheerful heart, as we give what we assemble, the money that what is a symbol of what we have worked for and the thing that we have in our hand that's tangible. God, as we give that, would you let our hearts be cheerful and let our minds and spirits understand that we are partaking in something much greater than what we see today. God, that what you have started in our lives would not stop, but it would grow, that legacy would grow through the obedience in following you god i ask for blessings over every person here today and thank you that as they say yes to you you would show up and help them and teach them in a way that only you can do in jesus name amen